Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I'm your best friend, Matt Golden. And this week we are talking about the season two premiere of the FX television series Legion. Um, are you sure? Because I just was told that we were supposed to watch Legion, so I watched the movie with Paul Bettany and Dennis Quaid. Well, uh, that's based on a comic book, so. So yeah, you're going to be getting two wildly there. different yeah. recaps this week. <laughs> Weird that you thought that. Yeah, why? Why would we not talk about the 2010 smash hit yeah. Legion that impacted and changed all of our lives? Yeah, I know. I don't think I've ever been the same. Where were you when you first watched the Paul Bettany film Legion? Anywho, uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I don't. I don't need a response. Uh, let's let's get right into it without any further ado. Okay, as always, to spoilers, and I'd also like to say on top of that, obviously, if you haven't seen t- season one of Legion, go watch that instead of listening to this. Oh, yeah, I, we're definitely going to talk about Legion Season 1 because I think it plays a huge role in, in kind of where we are now. I mean, and Legion is my second favorite comic book series, television series airing, and it it's unlike anything else out there. What's your, what's your favorite? Preacher. Oh, okay, yeah, makes sense. I get it. Okay, so what did you think of the premiere? Let's just jump on that. Oh man, it's it's tough to just say I liked it, I didn't like it, any of that. It's so chock full of so much fucking shit. Uh just to kind of give you a breakdown, Legion is uh ingesting a, a whole bunch of mushrooms, like a bag full of mm. mushrooms, and then just taking a dropper full of LSD and just taking the whole motherfucking thing and saying, All right, where can we go from here? It is a bizarre, beautiful, dare I say, masterpiece of uh, comic book, television show hybrid that, that I didn't see fucking coming. Yeah, I really think the show is really underappreciated when it comes not only to audience viewing, but as when it comes to critics and awards too, because it's so unlike anything else out there. But it does it well. Like it's not just art for the sake of being art; it's still telling a story the entire time. It depicts mental illness in a terrifying and very real light. Uh, and season one was essentially a a horror show. Yep. So I I kind of trailblazed the way for, I think the new mutants movie that we're going to get in 2023. (laughs) Uh, For those of you who don't get my, my stupid reference uh, there, new mutants is a film that will be coming out from Fox was supposed to be uh, roughly now. Then it got pushed to 2019 and has been pushed a second time further into 2019. So there you go. Look forward to that podcast. Oh, yeah. Look forward to that one. Uh, set your calendars for uh, October of 2019 when we talk about new mutants here on the show. But I think what I love, I mean, I love a lot of things about Legion. And I think one thing it does. Do you, do you love the 60s vibe of the show? Yeah, it's really interesting. It has this like late 60s, early 70s, like, but it has like a Neo, like, uh, like niche vibe to it. And it plays so well in the set design, the costume design. And it's the story still set in our modern world. But it just works so well that it just seems to blend, not like seamlessly because everything still points out, but it makes you pay attention to everything. It makes you look at every set design choice, every costume choice, instead of just blending into the background. Yeah, I I don't think that I give a shit about any costume designs on almost any television show. I'm just like, yeah, sure, it, it's what it should be. But for this show, it 
it's something else that I pay attention to. Like I will have to rewind at least once an episode because something has distracted me from what's actually happening and it's the aesthetics of the show. And I don't think that I get that from any other television show ever. No. And no, Holly does such the show and does such a good job with it. In the first season too, especially you'd see like, like windows being framed with like X's and things like that, obviously playing on the fact that uh, it's based off an X-Men comic. Whoa. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure about that, Clark? <laughs> in this season two, we see like a lot of like honeycomb patterns and things, uh, which kind of reminds me of Cerebro, but I don't know if that's what he's going for. I mean, they have a Cerebro type machine in this episode. Yeah. And David did ask for something to expand his mind to. Yeah. Uh, again, LSD. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> but Legion is the kind of show that when you watch it, you can't be on your phone. You can't be on your computer. You, it, it has to have your full attention because otherwise you won't know what's going on. And then when you give it your full attention, you still don't know what's going on, but at least you feel like you tried. Yeah. So that means that this review um, is just going to be us spouting a bunch of nonsense words for as long as we possibly can until we're tired of hearing each other talk because breaking down an episode of Legion is like breaking down uh, somebody's like acid trip. It's like, why would I want to hear you talk about that? It's indescribable. It It is really like the, there's funny moments, there's drama, but do you even know what's going on? I it's will like, say this, though. Unlike an acid trip, everything in Legion, I think, is done by accident. And I think it all no. leads somewhere. Yeah. I, I think it's a show that you watch it week by week and you don't know what's going on until the very end. And, the, and then you see all the separate pieces coming together finally. And you feel like you're still missing some, but you, you get a much clearer picture. Let me say that it, it does benefit to rewatch this show and go back. You pick up on a whole lot more stuff that you're like, oh, I didn't I didn't catch that the first time around. It's like a uh, drama version of like Arrested Development. Like you can constantly pick up more stuff with every rewatch. And that's something that's so good and so frustrating, frustrating about the show, because just watching it week by week, you have no clue really what's even happening you're just like i like the way this is going and i'm just going to keep watching yeah and yeah i'm gonna say at the same time even though binge watching might be the best way to watch this show like i can't wait for that like i have to watch it when it's out every single week because i have to it's just i mean the show it it's beautiful like it, it it's like watching art on screen which you don't get a lot from television either if Fight Club fucked Memento in the 60s, I think this would be along the lines of what's going on. And it was on. written by Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah, it was written by Stan Lee. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, they got Wes Anderson to do the set design on it. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, what? And there's so many, like, it's so weird that, like, it, and Matt mentioned the humor briefly. And the humor is not, like, throughout the entire show, but there's great funny moments that when we first see David, he's unconscious purposely unconscious and they're trying to rouse him because he's trapped in the shadow realm uh, or sorry trapped in the astral plane and get it right and they when he starts to when they try and wake him up there's a bunch of train guns on him and then carrie blocks them or attempts to thwart them if they try and shoot him and he wakes up and the first thing he says is asking about waffles yeah. and then which is a great bit but then it cuts to this waffle on a boat we get this overhead shot of this waffle on a boat on a river and then it cuts to a bunch of food on a boat swimming around like this dining room in this weird where all the food comes around on these little boats just floating around uh, by each seat. And I thought that was amazing. Like, I want to eat in that Division Three cafeteria. Uh, Alex, I don't know if you've ever been to a 
uh, like half of the sushi restaurants out there, but that's how they'll like. No, I don't mean like the conveyor belt. <laughs> I want it floating on water. Fair enough. On an actual miniature plastic <laughs> boat. You know what? I I can't argue with you. That it was pretty fucking awesome. Presentation is everything when it comes to food. Presentation and plating. And if my food is not served on boats from here on out, then it's inedible. Uh, your wife is going to be so pissed when I tell her that. It's going to be more pissed when I dig a moat in the kitchen. <laughs> it's for the waffles, honey. It's for the waffles. Now look, okay, if you saw season two, episode one of Legion, you understand where I'm going. <laughs> Does she watch the show with you? She watched the first couple episodes and she had no idea what was going on. So it was just too much for her and she stopped. Oh, that's interesting. Because I, uh, I told my girlfriend about this and she was like, that show sounds really good. And she's never said that about any comic book <laughs> show ever. And she's like, we should watch that. I was like, I just finished season one. She's like, oh, never mind. I'm like, no, let's rewatch it. That's the thing, though, too, is you don't need to have an inner working, inner working of knowledge of comics to appreciate the show. Although I'd say that you really don't need that for any of the shows. But this one especially... Because it's so different from everything else. So let's talk about something else that happened in the show. Um, <laughs> it's really tough to, to pick out anything here. Because there's a giant fucking dance battle in the middle of the show. Uh, tell us uh, tell us about this dance battle, Alex. Yeah. Uh, when David comes to, they slowly realize that David, in his mind, just thought that he saw everybody else yesterday. But really, it's been a prolonged amount of time. That David's, a year. That David's had memory loss, which is, of course, a nice con- story continuation thread that's going to play out through the rest of the season, I assume. But so Carrie has built this device and David gets decided to try and recover his lost memories. And we see David get into at a club and at that club, he eventually comes across Oliver, played by Jermaine Clint and Lenny as well, uh, played by Aubrey Plaza. Jemaine Clement? Yes. Jesus Christ. Both might be the Shadow King or pawns in his game or just husk that he uses. But naturally, whenever you come across an enemy like that and you're fighting in repressed memory form, you've been gone for a year, possibly happening in the astral plane. How does that fight take place? Through a dance battle. Not just with you by yourself. You all of a sudden have synchronized dancers all around you playing perfectly to your moves. It was truly a, a bizarre thing that I was... My jaw was like my mouth was open watching this because not what I expected whatsoever. Um, but Alex actually just showed me a, a wonderful video. Speaking of this, um, where they played <laughs> uh, Britney Spears "Toxic" over the actual music that's playing in the dance sequence, and it's hysterical. I highly recommend you go look it up because it it cracked my shit. And up. it works too because the choreography for the dance sequence is actually impressive choreography for a superhero TV show. It was it was actually fantastic. So that that actually brings me to two points here. Um, one, how do you feel about having the exact same villain at the start of season two that we had for the entire first season? I'm okay with it personally, just because the shadow King is such a powerful villain. I like that. They added the twist onto it this season that at least how David put it, that it's a race to find the shadow King's body. Uh, instead of now the shadow King is in hiding from David, but if he gets his body, he'll become more powerful than ever before. So I think it's nice. And plus, we really don't know who the Shadow King is. Like, we know he's used Lenny, he's used Oliver, but we don't know if they're actually evil and wicked or if they're just pawns being used by him. Yeah, of course, in the show, we really don't know anything either. No, yeah, you have no clue what's real, what's not real, if somebody's in somebody else's mind. 
And it's all constantly shifting and constantly changing. So we could be inside of a dream, inside of a dream, inside of uh, Alex's wet dream right now, and we don't even know it. it. It's true. There's this really cool scene where David is talking to uh, Sid, and it's this vision or this nightmare, and but Sid said she can't use words, and so she uses her fingers, and we see like these, like she's drawing like pictograph at this light in this black space, and David's trying to guess what the picture means. What is that game called? Pictionary? No, where you draw stuff on the board, people try and guess what it is. Is it Pictionary? I'm pretty sure that's yeah. Pictionary. Like one word. Uh, go. Well, Category you're thinking movie. charades. Charades. But charades with pictures, whatever. Sure, so Pictionary. Pic- so Pictionary. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> like I said, Pictionary. <laughs> but essentially, they're doing that. But Sid tells David that he needs to find the Shadow King's body or help, sorry, help the Shadow King find his body. And it's really interesting and Sid says she's from the future, but we don't know if this is true, if David's seen something that's real, if that's actually Sid, if that's the Shadow King himself trying to manipulate David. There's so many questions and it, this is it. And David, his ability is to warp reality. So that in itself plays into the nature of the show. It does. Um, I'm going to go back a little bit back to our dance sequence here. Um, as we've been seeing in a lot of comic book movies, TV shows, the soundtrack is playing a larger and larger picture. In the season one finale, uh, we've got Speak to Me, Breathe by Pink Floyd, which is obviously a very trippy song that lots of drug heads in the 60s and 70s used to uh, trip out to. Well, 70s, because the song wasn't out in the 60s. Bam, knowledge. Um, but this whole episode, I was like, man, I hope they really don't do anything like super campy when it comes to this. I hope they don't play White Rabbit at any point in the series. And what do we have in episode one? We have White Rabbit, but it's actually a, a really, really cool, like kind of electronic version of, of White Rabbit that I'd never heard. So I was like, oh, I'm actually OK with it. Yeah, I think the music selection for this show does a really good job. I, I, nothing is accidental, not that most song choices are. But I think Noah Hawley carefully picks what songs to underscore the point he's trying to make in each scene. Oh, I, I need to talk about Noah Hawley in just a second. But do you remember this? There's a fucking song that. Uh, Lenny is dancing to when they're trapped in the mental institution in season one where there's just like a dance break in the middle of of everything and she kind of just goes off on her own and does this. Oh, I wish I could fucking remember. Do you know it? I can't remember off my head now. Excellent scene. Absolutely fantastic. Holy shit. Noah Hawley. We'll, go to, we'll just talk about Noah Hawley because I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Noah Hawley is the creator of Fargo, writer and creator series. of Fargo, the TV series. Um <clears throat> Holy shit, this guy's fantastic. He's also working on a Doctor Doom movie as well. For Fox. Uh, as yes, well. which I hope comes to fruition based off everything, all this other work I've seen from him. Yeah, this guy is at the peak of his uh, abilities right now. Uh, if you haven't watched Fargo on FX, go watch it. It's winning tons of awards, Emmys, acting awards. He's getting some incredible one season one-offs with the show and it's it's really carried over to legion and i love fargo i think fargo's one of the best series especially that first season that we've had in a while but i think legion is more impressive in what it did in its short eight episode run for the first season it constantly keeps you guessing and it's always changing and shifting and you'll start an episode and be like wait didn't i just watch this other one where it has nothing to do with this and then it ties back in a little by little yeah this season opens with lenny and oliver laying out in a pool like in a very in the same late sixties, early seventies, like quiche vibe, uh, in their bathing suits and just 
sweating in the sun, and there's no explanation for it. Oliver's drink is eventually empty and gets handed by a martini by always sees an arm. And that's it. And that, that's how the season opens. We don't know why it was like that. Then eventually it cl- we see I zoom out to Oliver in a bar. I zoom out to someone else. I zoom out to a guy with glasses. In France. Yeah, in France. And we don't know why. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like like I was saying earlier, it's very difficult to describe. We'll tell you what's happening and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it, then you'll watch it and then you you get it. Yeah, it's never a show where you get angry or frustrated because they're not giving you answers. You, you, you're you happy with what you see on screen. It's pretty enough. It's compelling enough. And since it's, I think it's because it works as a shorter episode run that you can have the patience to find out what happens. You, you want to be along on this journey. You, you don't want to skip ahead and read to the last page. Alex knows as well as anybody that I love to whine and complain and bitch about every fucking detail that I can. But with a show like this, I searched and I went back and rewatched season one and I can't find a fucking thing to complain about on the show. Even the performances are so good. I think each yeah. person they cast just plays their role perfectly. And it's not a bunch of big actors giving majorly loud performances. I think a lot of performances tend to be understated when they need to be. And it works incredibly well. I think Lenny in the first season, I'll be positive, is the largest, larger than life character, but we need her to be as well too. Uh, we've got just so many, like you, well, as far as performance is concerned, uh, the scene that you were describing earlier with the uh, wand making the, the photos in the, in the pitch black that uh, that our hero was trying to decipher, uh, it was extremely emotional. Like she just conveyed yeah. all this pain uh, and you don't really know why, but you re- you really feel it and it's really emotional. And I think that's what like makes you believe it's it or, ha- or or make you want us to believe it's Sid and not the Shadow King. And it's because of her performance in that scene too. Yeah, but is it Sid? Is it the Shadow King? Is it something else altogether? Yeah, no clue. What was your favorite like what the fuck moment? Like I have no idea what that was. It was amazing. And <laughs> I, I still don't know the answer to it, but are you talking about from the premiere or from, from the premiere? And we're backtracking what we're talking about the first season because we never talked about it in this podcast. Yeah, uh, we really are. Yeah. Uh, just uh, to give a brief history on the first season in regards to this podcast, we had a uh, top uh, 10 list that we both made for last year. So if you haven't checked that podcast out, highly recommend you go check it out. Alex proclaims he's the grand wizard of comics and a bunch of, I would never use happen. grand wizard. <laughs> Alex gave me shit for saying that I was the grand wizard of comics, whatever, neither here nor there. Uh, Alex ranked it as his top show or his top comic book property of 2017. Whereas I forgot it happened in 2017 and didn't rank it at all. And I was left with egg on my face. But back to your question, what do I think was the most what the fuck moment? Uh, it had to have been that that weird ass dance battle that took place in the middle of the show. It was utterly jaw dropping and cool and just baffling. I love that moment. And there's so many great moments in this series, to, especially this episode to choose from. Even like the Division Three headquarters on the outside just looks really cool. It sticks out like a, a sore thumb in this normal looking area that it's in. But I think what we see is when David comes awake, he's surrounded by these three women with light blue collars around their neck. That all sounds slightly like robotic voices with someone in the middle, Admiral uh, Fukuyami. Uh, And they're they're the Vermillions, the (laughs) women. Uh, And the women all have mustaches. And and Beatles haircuts. And Beatles haircuts. And they're all dressed the same. And they all talk with no tone or expression in their voice. And Admiral Fukuyami sits in the middle. 
you never see his you never hear his voice you never see his head well i assume it's a he sorry it could be a woman as well um but and they have a basket over their head the entire time and the, the bit that killed me was that after david wakes up gets his waffles he's sitting in the wonderful little boat cafeteria with putami and he asks we're women with mustaches and a guy with basket on his head. <laughs> I love that role that he does so well. David, even though he's the protagonist, also plays the role of audience surrogate sometimes. That when, even though we all accept these absurd batshit things happening, he still takes a step back to examine and question what's happening too. Which I think plays well too when reality and what's real and what's not is always a question in this series. It, it really does play throughout literally every moment of of every episode for me, because it's like, I'm just waiting for something to jump back to the start of the episode and to say, ha ha, just kidding. None of this shit happened. Yeah. The show is like twin peaks, but with a more, I think a better plotted story. Uh, that's actually what I was thinking while I was watching it. I was like, this is very David Lynch right now. Uh, because I'm, I'm so fancy. I'm a fancy, fancy boy. So <clears throat> we like to ask a lot of times too, what do we think is going to happen down the line? Do you have any idea what's going to happen down the line? The fuck if I know, man. The fuck if I know. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I guarantee you we'll probably get another scene or two that has a cool uh, song playing underneath it at some point. And yep. aside from that, we have no idea. Uh, I did like the mention of David's father once again. Maybe I'd like to see more of that, whether we'll get it anymore. Um, who knows? Uh, maybe we'll get a uh, rendition of uh, Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads at some point. Because that would be fucking dope. Yeah. See, we really have no idea what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah. No, I'm just like guessing at songs. But it worked out for me in episode one. I was able to successfully guess a song that happened. Yeah. Whether you believe me or not, fuck you. Like <laughs> That actually happened. I was like, man, I really hope they don't play the song. Then they played it, and I was like, oh, I'm really glad that they played that yeah. song. So yeah. it, was, it was really weird. Does any of the main characters die? Any of the main mutants die in this season? That's a great question. I think I want to say Melanie is the most likely Gene Smart's character, even though she's not a mutant. Melanie uh, Bird. But I don't know. Uh, she still has a story arc left going with Oliver, so she might stick around this season. Um, I think Carrie might be the most likely or one of the Carries. One of the, yeah. Aside from that, that's all I can think of. It's, it's hard to say. All, all I want, even though it's only been one episode in season two, is for it to be renewed for season three. Yeah, that's true. I, I want that announcement more than really anything now. One episode and I'm like, give me that announcement now. <laughs> Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week's Henchman of Comics. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on the Instagrams. You can find us on the Facebooks, the Twitters. For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Eschback. Oh, 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 we fooled you all. Uh, we are actually going to be out at the uh, Fan Expo in Dallas this weekend. So if you see us out there, uh, don't say anything. We don't want to talk to you. Uh, we're out there to have fun and we're not out here to sign your millions of autographs. Uh, no matter how much money you want to throw at us, we're not going to talk to you. Sorry. We'll actually be just setting up a booth next to celebrities <laughs> yeah. uh, or make sure booth. Don't alert the convention staff. Yeah. Yeah. I brought a table. Uh, don't worry. It'll be fun. For the Hinchman of Comics, I'm Alex Dashback. <laughs> uh, and I am Lenny. Henchman ain't easy.